0: Welcome, everybody, to another great segment of KickServeRadio.com. Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden. Always excited to be joined by Tennis Channel's A-list analyst, Justin Gimelstob. Justin, we're coming down the stretch of tennis's version of March Madness. Lots of great storylines that are developing already. Really, there's quite a bit to get to tonight.
1: Yeah, it's a great time of the year for tennis and sports, but first before we get into that day i'd be remiss if i didn't mention how sorry i, I was to hear about the passing of uh, eddie wood i remember when you and i played against him in the exhibition at the club many years ago and he was a great guy i know how devoted he was to his pros and to the club and and the sport of tennis so tennis really lost a uh, incredible person and a great spirit and uh i want to send my condolences to all of his friends and family
0: well i appreciate that justin and that that really does mean a lot he was a huge fan of yours and uh and eddie was a great spirit uh loved by all. He loved the sport of tennis, and I know how he used to talk to me about you and how proud he was of what you have done in your career. So uh, thank you so much for that mention. I know his friends and family, and I appreciate it for sure. We've gotten through Indian Wells, and now we're we're midway through uh, the Miami tournament. And we went from seeing Roger Federer come out this year, winning his first 17 matches, regaining the number one ranking in the world, and looking like this guy may never lose again. Suddenly he's lost two straight third-set tiebreakers. He's going to take some time off now. What do you suspect we see from the great Federer for the balance of 2018?
1: Well, I suspect he's going to try and replicate 2017 where he regroups and then comes out fresh on the grass, especially when some of the other players are dinged up. I mean, his game still translates perfectly to grass court tennis. And and look, he lost a brutal match in Del Potro where he served for the match and had match points. And then he got outgunned by a very talented young player, but he didn't play his best. And I think that's in a bizarre way it's almost uh, a little endearing it shows that he's human he also showed some frustration shows how much he cares and to see some of these other players emerge i think is also good for the sport obviously what federer has done throughout his career in the past couple of years is also incredible for the sport in in a different way but to have someone like del potro break through that's obviously a great story to have someone like kokanakis who's been through a lot physically and is such a talented kid Emerge. I mean, there's a lot of oxygen to go around in the tennis, and obviously, and rightfully so, Federer uh, sucks up most of it. But, uh, you know, he's going to regroup and we're going to move on to the clay soon, and I suspect Nadal will be dominant as usual. But uh, it's been an amazing run for Federer. But uh as much as sometimes he he looks it and we think it, he's not perfect.
0: Another guy who's clearly far from perfect, certainly by his standards, is Novak Djokovic. Now, a lot of what he's gone through uh at the end of last year and the beginning of this year is obviously attributable to some of the things that he's dealt with physically. But is it getting now to a point, in your opinion, with Djokovic where a lot of these physical uh adversities are now becoming a mental thing for him? And are we ever going to see the same Novak Djokovic again, in your opinion?
1: It's tough to know. If the mental is presupposing the physical or the physical is presupposing the mental. I mean, look, this is a guy who uh, a short time ago held all four majors and wasn't just one in the world. He's one of the most dominant number ones the sport has ever seen. Uh, You don't just lose those skills, but the sport is really tough. I would be shocked if he didn't regain top level form at some point. You just don't know when. It's just what I, what I've been a little surprised at is it seems like he's coming back and he's not 100% physically. And for someone who's been to the top of the game, it's a little odd that he would come back if he didn't think uh, he was capable of winning all these tournaments. But maybe he just feels like he needs to get the match reps. And, uh, but it's tough to really know, but you never should doubt or count out great champions I think we've learned that in all sports Uh, Djokovic is one of those I mean he's iconic what he's done in the sport Uh, he's so good technically and physically Um, I think that you know it just might take some more time
0: speaking of never counting champions out we saw the Bryan brothers make a great run at Indian Wells got to the final lose a great match to I'll go ahead and call them what they are your boys Isner and Jack Sock, a couple of tie breaks. I don't hope I'm not putting you on the spot here, Justin, but how hard is it to balance doing what you do in the booth, doing what you do from a coaching perspective? And I know these friendships and relationships are important to you as well. It seems like that's a pretty difficult balancing act. How do you do it?
1: Yeah, it is challenging. Plus, I mean, considering the fact that I still, you know, represent the players on the on the board, and you know, obviously, I have other commitments and other relationships. It, it's not easy. Uh, that match was it was interesting in a a way i was trying to just enjoy it and appreciate what these talented guys do when you sit courtside you really can see how incredible their skills are and the level of athleticism and the pace and reflexes and so forth i've spent a lot of time with the bryans recently and and it's really neat to see what, what they're doing still at this stage and i still think that they have a lot of big wins left in their career And that's what i told them after the match um obviously to see jack sock up close and what he's doing in doubles he's I think he might be the best individual doubles play in the world. And the way Isner and Sock play together, I mean, that's just a brutal team to play against. I thought that was really good, high-level doubles, entertaining doubles. It's nice when doubles get on the... Uh you know, on center stage, and I think they really represented doubles well. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. And to have four Americans out there battling it out, I think Jim Courier's got a very easy choice now for Davis Cup doubles with Sock and Isner. I think they're, uh, you know, they're capable of beating anyone. But yeah, it's, it's not easy. And there are a lot of conflicting emotions and, you know, but nothing about my life's easy. So I just, just, <laughs> kind of, just take one day at a time and just try and be honest and, and, open with you know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and, and hope people understand.
0: He's Tennis Channel's Justin Gimelstaub, and no, his life is never easy. Justin, when I went to Indian Wells, we come off of a year where the United States women put Four women in the semifinals of the U.S. Open, Sloane Stephens, Venus Williams, Maddie Keys, and uh, Coco Vandeweghe. And then I come to Indian Wells, and suddenly the stars on the women's side are not necessarily household names. We've got Amanda Anisimova. We've got Carolyn DallaHide playing great tennis. Uh, Danielle Collins. We've got a new crop of girls. We've got a, a young lady, Kennan. Uh, out in, uh, in Florida right now, who's, uh, you know, who's giving Petra Kavitova as we speak, uh, all kinds of hell. What's to be made of this next crop of American women? They look like the real deal to me. Should American tennis fans start to get pretty excited about these youngsters?
1: Oh, for sure. I think, and you look at the combination, the sum of all parts about American women's tennis. I mean, American tennis in general, but I mean, obviously, the story with Serena and Venus is incredible. Then you have that next group of Madison Keys and Coco Vanderway and Sloan. Um, and then you have, you know, this younger group. And I think Anna Somova, so if she was a baseball player, she'd be a five tool player. Right. I mean, she's got everything. Um, and like you said, a lot of these other younger women, Dole Hyde, I was so impressed with in the desert. Uh, Ken in here. Um, I, I, I'm the number one member of the daniel collins fan club i mean uh they win two national championships to graduate to do what she's done come through qualifying making a run both in indian Wells and miami firmly entrenched now in the top 75 uh plays a very mature game very thoughtful uh good skills as well uh yeah there's there's a lot to be happy with and excited about
0: and for those that have not seen daniel collins play would i be misrepresenting her style to call her to some extent a female version of the way andre agassi played
1: well, I think Andre played a little bit more aggressively, played ball a little earlier right. and hit it a little bigger, but I mean, she's, I find her to be a very complete player, a very thoughtful, very, uh, good timing, good technique, no flaws, good server, uh, understands her game, you know, plays a mature brand of tennis, doesn't give away too much, but also, you know, you know goes after her shots and isn't afraid to win. And, uh, doesn't seem like she's afraid to win or lose, which are huge traits of uh, in being successful. And, you know, obviously, coming into the professional sport, the tour later in her career with all those reps in college and all that worldly experience has, you know, helped her make a, a nice transition and become a, a legitimate tour player.
0: Justin, before I let you go tonight, and I always really appreciate you taking the time to join us, uh, there was talk at Indian Wells about – a new set of rules that are looking to be implemented on the ATP, and I don't know if it's the same for the WTA Tour as well. And some of these rules look like they could really take the sport in a different direction to what some of us old school tennis people have become accustomed. Uh, Maybe having the sport of tennis, to some extent, feel like you're, you know, at a a baseball or a football or hockey game with some of the things they're talking about, less regulation of crowd control, changing the scoring system, making it a faster moving sport. Talk a little bit about what some of these rule changes could look like, and, and what your opinion is on some of those.
1: Well, I mean, at some point, I think the sport is always going to have to decide if they're going to go for innovation or tradition. And sometimes those things intersect, and sometimes those things uh, you're going to have to make a choice of one or the other. I mean, I think you got to find a balance, but I think we also have to realize that uh, you got to evolve the sport, and you got to keep trying to get more younger people to appreciate and engage in the sport as well. So the, the demographics of tennis are pretty uh, are a bit older than probably some. You know, advertisers would like, but also the sport's doing really well. So you just got to manage, you know, some of those issues. But I think there's, if you look, I mean, there has been some innovation, whether it's shorter sets or like things that the ATP tried with the next gen finals or uh, electronic line calling or, uh, encore coaching for the men. They would have it in the women. I think you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a possibility to tweak some things without changing the, the, you know, the important traditions of the sport and, the, and what, what the sport really is.
0: Well, it's going to be very interesting to see. Justin, I just want to tell you, again, how much I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, the work that you've been doing so far in 2018, both in the studio and in the booth, has been spot on, as always. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to catching you on Tennis Channel for for the rest of 2018 and beyond.
1: Thanks, C. Take care. appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: the rising of the moon